we are good here on Periscope. Brian's getting us connected on YouTube as well. Yeah, it says uh, excellent connection. So that's uh, right. We're actually live. No, I don't think we're live yet. So give right, me well, one more second. Right now, you Periscope people are just getting this raw, uncensored, how the sausage gets made behind the scenes of lulls. This is where Brian and I talk shop. I mean, real locker room talk. We'll say we're awful, live. vile. Thing. Okay, we are now live on YouTube. Whew, you YouTube guys almost saw Brian and I talking shop. But welcome to lulls. This is the DFS show you didn't know you needed, but you do. And we are back into the throes of DFS. We've got PGA. We got MMA. We got League of Legends. We got everything firing on all cylinders. And I'm joined right now, as always, with my co-host, Brick75. How are we doing? Fantastic. I uh, I think I have a, a, a seasonal disaffected order or whatever it's called. You know, seasonal yeah. depression or disorder. Because I love the summer, man. I love golfing. I was gonna say you and you got your your baseball hat on. Is that a is that a pro owners or pro players statement by wearing that hat? Um, <laughs> I did I didn't go that deep into it. Maybe I should have. Am I pro player? Pro, uh, I'm a, I'm pro neither. Okay, all right. I would I do want to gamble on it, so I want him to play. But um, my love of uh, baseball isn't as isn't as strong as it used to be. Yeah, well, I, di I didn't know if you were going to go all siege on us and start trumping up the owners here. I don't have a, a degree from Notre Dame. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, are, the, are the A's your team, or is that just a random hat? They were my team growing up, so yeah. I still have still have some hats from them. Um, but, like, I think they I think they made the playoffs, what, last couple of years? I, I didn't even watch a game, Yeah, um, which is kind of embarrassing. I should at least attempt to do that. Um, just FYI, Brian, I pulled up the YouTube thing and it shows it still is waiting right now that I'm seeing. Oh, I don't think we're oh on my YouTube. God. Yeah, you're right. It, it was connected, but not live. You're gonna have to start this all okay. over. You guys actually did see how the sausage gets made. That was a false start. You guys got some free behind the scenes backstory of how Brian became an Oakland athletics fan before Moneyball ruined everything. All right. Now we're live on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, guys, yeah. we are today. What the agenda is, is we are going to talk about this upcoming RBC Heritage PGA DFS. Last week was a bit of a bloodbath, so we got to get back on the right track there. We're going to recap uh, our exploits in the League of Legends online championship, which also didn't go well for us. And uh, we also have a few leads that we need to talk about. Brian and I have been receiving some some messages. There's this uh, mysterious RBX88 who's won two Millimakers in the past few months, although he was just outed by DraftKings, and I believe Roto Grinders has an interview with him tomorrow as well. And also still uh, the cash game bandit, the cone 19 is still out in the streets, riling people up. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about him. Brian, how has your week in DFS been? Um, pretty good. I keep like, uh, tying with 150 people in legends. So. Yeah. Now is this even now that they bumped up? Cause now we're back to the, some four gamers with LCK and LOL, right? Yeah. No, last night was nice. Uh, uh, 
what's his name, bro, bro, Rosanosaurus Rex or whatever took yeah. uh, took a solo first for 50k, and I was eighth, but I had a solo lineup eighth live, so that's pretty good. Not much else you can ask for. I I have a, I'll make a confession. So I did. I had taken my long hiatus. I I hopped in the online championship, uh, which we could talk about in a little bit. But then I noticed that I had that that itch. And normally, you know, I I look at uh you know I look at all the numbers. I run uh, my crunches, all all that good stuff, and and pick my lineups. But I didn't have time to do it last night. And I was laying in bed right before bed, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna hand build one of these bad boys. I'm going to pull it up and fire it off. And I just realized, you know, at the end of the day, Brian, I just love the game of League of Legends DFS. And you just can't keep me away from it, even if I don't have an optimizer in hand. I uh, I don't blame you. I was I was kind of thinking the same thing, actually. Not hand building. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not insane. <laughs> but like like with, with, you know, NASCAR, MMA, you know, there's not a ton of sports right now. Yeah. Soccer. I haven't played soccer in a while, but I've played it. I've played it enough. And um, what else is going on? But anyways, and then on Twitter, people were talking about. I can't remember who it was. Said like, um, uh, "Oh, it was petty theft." He said uh, soccer was um, like the worst sweat. Yeah, it's not, like not a good DFS sweat, not a good DFS game. And I kind of agree with him. But anyways, what it made me think of is how awesome a DFS game League of Legends actually is. I know, like, it's kind of a joke to begin with, but and there was nothing else you could play, so everyone played it. But it is pretty good. It is pretty good, like, sweat. It's a pretty good watch if you're, you know, if you want to go on YouTube and watch their live streams when they have them. Yeah. It's a cool game to model. And and, uh, the... The, the Vegas ads are there. I don't know how much they mean. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I would like to take credit for popularizing this trend of any time a big favorite gets uh, upset that just all the conspiracy theorists just come out in full force. The oh, fix yeah. is in. We got a Weehan situation on our hands. I love that we are, you know, perpetuators of the conspiracy economy, which we know plays so well in today's day and age. That's true. We weren't purposely doing that. It was pretty insane there for a couple of weeks, but I think we did get a bunch of people riled up. And Alex blames me now for whenever any team loses that I, I paid him off. It is pretty incredible. If you think of our arc with League of Legends, we, we launched a show to talk about DFS. The first night was NBA getting canceled. We quickly pivoted to making this a full-on League of Legends show. <laughs> then they got rid of the, the spring split, so then we didn't have multiple games. Yeah. So then we were out for a little while. Then we both came storming back, bricked the online championships, and along the way, we helped eradicate toxicity in the league and foster a bunch of tinfoil hats about conspiracies. And now we're back just genuinely and earnestly talking about our love for the game. I mean, this is, this is the hero's journey. <laughs> well, it's pretty, it's pretty strange, but I really, I think, I think it might, I'm more optimistic that it might survive like the DFS comeback of all these other sports. Yeah. Um, you know, cause also like the, the LPL, it, it's a fun, it's a fun, I think it's the most fun of the, of the leagues. It's got the most talent and it's at three, you know, whatever, 3 a.m. 
depending on where you live. So they can throw up a hundred K even on a you know baseball slate. Everyone's gonna get paid out by then anyways. So like it it could theoretically survive. Um in your uh, Periscope, this Kyle uh, Bake said DK doesn't think League of Legends is awesome. That's I, I'm I, I'm assuming he's talking about because tonight's tonight's uh, size went down to 80k for their big GPP, and it was like 150 yesterday, and it filled hours early. And uh, the the uh, I mean, the, I think the reason solely there's the PGA Millie Maker. Yeah, they want to fill it, and it's and and it's whatever. What's the tea time? Not even look, but I'm assuming it's like seven in the morning. Yeah, it's um. I had it pulled up. It's six forty-five a.m. Eastern. Six. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So even earlier. So 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 any, you know, any money that gets spent on League of Legends can't get spent filling up all their golf tournaments. But like that's specifically for the Millie Maker because they fill a whole bunch of their tournaments. Yeah, that's the thing that's such they. And I know I saw people complaining about this today, and and I agree. As someone who prefers to play all the um, the twenty max and three max stuff, and all of this stuff fills, and then they're you know they're having to do all these giveaways just to try to fill the millimaker. maker. They're making other contests smaller in different sports because they're trying to funnel there. Um, I saw a discussion going on about how they should have bigger. 20 max contests like right now they only really do one dollar three dollar four dollar like have a ten dollar 20 max a twenty dollar 20 max like i think that would be so much more fun um than just having it so polarized where it's a dollar 150 max or the twenty dollar 150 max and the the big ones aren't filling yeah 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 i agree i don't know how they they come up with with their um you know what the 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 problem is the the law like the law says that they have to announce how many players will be in it and then that's it and they have to stick to it. Yeah. That's a, hopefully that's a stupid law. Maybe they could change that somehow, but I think it's federal so and good luck changing any of these gambling laws. I can't believe what we actually have has happened. Um but but like if they didn't have it, then it would work. They could probably have they have a ton more flexibility to start at a whole bunch of different levels, but with just a smaller guaranteed prize pool. And everything that goes over, like in poker, right? Like back in the poker days, you just add to the guaranteed prize pool. So like if you make it like a hundred K guaranteed prize pool, ten dollar twenty max, right? And then like they know they're gonna fill that, and then a bunch of people like it and it gets up to 150 155k, 160k, something like that. It all it's all it's all gravy. So like it's I think it's really because they you know they're playing the guessing game and because of that law. Right. Yeah. Cause otherwise it would be, like you said, it'd be pretty easy to have dynamic resizing for, for contests and just let them get as big as yeah. they need to based on the interest. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like maybe I'm naive about this, but the whole, you know, we all complain about the payout structures when, you know, they have what this week it's 1 million to first and then seconds, a hundred thousand. Uh, and then it just falls off a cliff. You can finish 10th out of 133,000 people. You know, we get $5,000. I mean, is the million dollars still that big of a marketing tool? I mean, they haven't even filled it yet. So like, I I guess I just don't, I don't get where, why they insist on, on these top heavy payout structures still. They probably have a pretty good analytics team for that, right? Yeah. They pay them more than they do for like their salary generating guys, their salary (laughs) generators, right? Because that doesn't really matter as much. So I'm assuming they know what they're doing. They're yeah. doing and, and and hey, if that what what brings people in, then yeah, 
so be it. But yeah, I mean, it would it would be nice to have to have the variety, and and, and if the sport picks up just in general, because DFS has kind of had a rough go of it the past couple of years, really, ever since uh, Ethan Gate, really. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe eventually that'll happen. And like I said, if somehow they could change that law, which makes no sense. Yeah. Maybe if poker gets legalized, it'll could be a package deal. I mean, it, but with politics, it's good luck. Let's uh, check in on the chat here. And then we will talk about two of the more infamous figures in DFS right now, RBX 88 and Vacone 19 over on YouTube. We got Eli reasons. Hey fellas, thanks for the advice. I'm bumping up my Kefka exposure last week was able to grind out a solid negative 60% ROI. No problem. Eli, anytime we got Eric Johnson. Is this where the cool kids are at? Of course it's where we're all out. Um, you guys are forgetting about the highly anticipated season opener for Japanese baseball. I did. We did forget that. They're, they're rolling that out for DFS as well, right? I'm looking at it right now. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, I'm not doing that one either. Four in the morning. Come on. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we got uh, our guys over in Periscope. They are hot on the trails of who is Vacone 19. I... It was it was so funny because it was like a few weeks ago, Alex had just had a tweet or something about his girl playing DFS or something. And I just jokingly responded, is her username Vacone19? Tell her to stop sending stuff. It got like 150 likes. And it wasn't that good of a tweet. But what I realized was everyone has experienced this phenomenon of getting unsolicited head-to-heads from Vacone19. I'm sure you count yourself among those. I asked DraftKings a couple years ago to block all requests to me because I would get a lot, and I don't know, I don't know why, like friend requests and stuff like that. I don't even know how those work on DraftKings. So I haven't I haven't gotten one in a while, but I did back in the day get a bunch from from Vacone nineteen. Yeah, and I have tried to um, do some digging. I even had some people slide into my DMs with some leads. Um, Apparently, there are some um, other profiles with his exact username elsewhere, but no one has come forward. So I guess I'll just put it out right now. I mean, Brian, I'll... I'll do. I'll give someone a, a bounty of five millimaker tickets for actual promising the cone nineteen leads. You know how like when the police have a missing person and they have to. Yeah. I mean that's what we need here. I need concrete leads so I can do a true unmasking of who this figure is. Okay. All right. I'll uh, I'll, I'll split that with you if you if you want. There we go. That's it. The Lowell's bounty for Vacone nineteen because we we will not stop. I mean. The real question, Brian, is this. Do you think he is a long-term profitable DFS player? There's that question, and then what is his strategy here? Because he could just go and enter $40,000 worth of head-to-heads and you know, double-ups, triple-ups. Because an, an, a thing that's notorious, right, in – in DFS and and also used to be in poker and stuff is bum hunting, right? That there could be the logic he's looking for, you know, people without badges or whatever the experience stuff and trying to get them to accept it. But if he's sending them to everyone, then he's not bum hunting. Right. And is that like a script or does he like see someone and just keeps adding people 
as friends or something. I don't, I, I've never requested anything except with you once with that ad for a joke. But yeah, the Brian's only uh, head-to-head career was uh, he wouldn't accept my head-to-head. It was pretty tough scene for him. Uh, <laughs> he said you didn't have enough money in your account for it, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, I have. It has to be a script because just the manual effort to do that. How could that juice be worth the squeeze? I don't know. Uh, but like you said, if it's like maybe in his head, it's like a, some sort of reverse bum hunting. Yeah. That like the people who have no idea what they're doing, just like say, okay, like, cause people are uh, my, my, I think I'm right. But like, my guess is that people, a lot of people who aren't very, are new to DFS or like, you know, recreational players, they are scared to head, of head to heads. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be like, they don't know who these people are. I'm scared of head to heads. I don't want to spend all day trying to work on the optimal cash game lineup. When you make tournament lineups, you can justify anything. You can justify not checking it 12 hours before. Hey, it's contrarian because it's less optimal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I've heard cash game guys justify their shit too, but quite like with with some uh, interesting. Well, maybe because I have the optimal and you don't and like that type of shit. Yeah. It's like, okay. All right. Well, I mean, but like Vacone obviously is putting in the work. Yeah. To get all these invites. So why doesn't, you know, put the work into getting a great optimal cash game lineup and then just playing regular like everyone else does? I don't get yeah. it. Here is one of our best leads we've gotten so far. Tree bands. I met some guy working at Walmart Supercenter claiming to be Vacone 19. Uh, looks like he was rolling back. His head was, it, was it one of the Waltons? <laughs> he was he was at the uh, the front of the store giving out those little yellow smiley stickers as you came in, and he said, "Please accept my head to heads." Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the other. Um, he was pretty mysterious up until today. I'm actually going to go to share screen here so I can pull this up. But RBX eighty uh, eight. As I pull this up, Brian. Um, were you familiar with this username even before this Sunday? No. Okay. Wow. That's how I don't, I don't think he mass enters. Mm. I could, I could be wrong about that though. I, so this was the tweet that I had seen um, a couple days ago from uh, Brian Jester. He goes, does anyone know anything about this? Look at this run. They're on December 15th. They won the NFL Millie two weeks later. They get second in it. January 11th, another second, June 6th, MMA, top six, and then on Sunday, first place in the Millie, um, created a Roto Grinders profile on December 16th. Uh, I mean, for for people, Brian, who um, aren't used to um, MMEing a lot of stuff, like put into context for us how absurd that run is. It's insane. Like, I don't know how, the, like the best thing I can say is like me and Alex have played like Alex Baker have played every Millie maker in every sport for five years, at least maybe longer. And neither of us have won. I think my highest was like ninth a couple times. I, I think I top 10 like twice. Yep. Someone, uh, Eric Johnson just says he's got 150 in the Millie this week. So he's definitely, it seems like he's new-ish to DFS uh, because it's just like if you're playing 150 in the milli, like like at the volume that you know you and Osmar, like people would recognize that username. You just see the usernames yeah. over time. It does seem like he's very new to this. 
it's completely possible that I missed it. I wonder if somebody else, if like, you know, if, if I was wrong and everyone knows who he is, then, you know, whatever that's on me, where's the, I can go into the Roto grinders. Uh, uh, what's it called? The, their data tracking thing and see if he ended 150 that week. Yeah. Results DB yeah. results Dan Bach. Um, so here, so I know Roto grinders is going to have an interview with this guy. Uh, DraftKings did a little interview. Uh, I believe I linked to it down here. Um, I don't know if I can play the audio. The interview is actually incredibly underwhelming. Uh, she she asks him, you know, oh, basically, where do you get your ideas from? And he was just like, he goes, you know, I kind of just go by feel. And uh, some weeks uh, I play less chalk than other weeks, but it depends on the slate. So that was the illuminating interview from Gianni Demers. Someone in my mentions said that they looked him up and he was uh, a big time live poker player as well so he definitely has a little bit of a, a game theory background it would appear okay he did enter 150 last week i just looked okay can you see um it was he playing anything else other than the millie uh i'll look but the guy who took second also took third oh he he probably had the same lineup duped it he probably duped it man these guys how do i ever lose peter <laughs> How do we ever live? He's he's been watching Osmo videos where Osmo says he's a big running a train guy. I mean, even in PGA where uh it's you really have to mess up to have a duplicated lineup. Uh we got Eli in the chat on YouTube. In his interview, he gives the most vague responses possible, very suspicious stuff. Seems like an industry plant along the lines of Billy Eilish or L. Ron Hubbard. Um, yes, I mean, look at this figure right here. I mean he looks like he was engineered uh, out of like a Brooklyn uh, central casting uh, factory farm. I I'm inclined to believe he's a, he's a robot. I, I don't believe it. Um, maybe how many, I mean, how many androids can there be in BFS? <laughs> is this a, is this like a big problem? Wait, what if Osimo cloned himself in another disguise? Gave himself hair. Yeah. This time. Do you think it's killing him that Osmo can't keep, take credit for these victories and he's only reaping the financial rewards because, you know, behind the scenes, he knows the truth. You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. You're just making me depressed that I've never won a Millie Maker. So. Yeah, this is. You know what, Brian? I mean, you run so bad. You've never won a Millie Maker and you only have 990 subscribers on YouTube. I mean, I can't make the Millie Maker thing happen, but I can make a thousand subscribers. So here's the deal. You guys, uh, if you want any of the hot picks um, for the RBC Heritage this week, uh, we need to get Brian to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I want you to head over there, and I want you to smash the subscribe button. <laughs> smash it, okay? Um, and then all, all things will be coming up Brick75 once you get that 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Okay, so I just checked. He didn't enter the, the 20... 200 or the 555 okay just the 150 in the millie maker he might have entered you know whatever other tournaments but none of the big ones okay there you have it guys uh gianni demers i don't believe he has a, a twitter presence uh i'm trying to smoke him out with these subtweets making fun of his looks so uh gianni if you want to come on lols um and prove to us that you are human um we will we will have you on. That's that's our promise um, to you. So, uh, Brian, let's. Uh, 
I actually, real quick, before we fully get into golf, do you have any thoughts? I was going to pull up my, this was my whiff in the League of Legends online championship. I took a stab, a single bullet um, that was stolen away from me by uh, petty theft. Um, did you uh, enjoy your time in the online championship or are, are you glad to see it go? I, I, I'm 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 not glad that I didn't got my ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> I screwed I screwed up and I golfed that day and I and I needed an extra hour because I screwed yeah. something up and I just rolled with what I had and that turned out to be a big mistake because as you said you could justify any entry any 150 entry if you think about it long enough. True. Yeah, I went with um, what I thought was. An interesting lineup. I, I definitely didn't want to be duplicated. I played a, a traditional 4-3 um, that was featured two favorites. I had two ADCs in there. Um, my big issue was Rogue uh, just was too efficient with their win. Uh, didn't score enough points. Uh, I, I got kind of what I needed there from FNC down there on the bottom, but that foursome from Rogue. But I don't know. I don't really have many regrets about this lineup. I gave myself a, a really good chance, I think, uh, to win if if Rogue Warrior scores better. And a lot of those chalk lineups that had who was it G one or whatever um, at the top, yeah, those were there were a lot of those that were duped. Um, Did so, you dupe? No, I had no dupes. You had no dupes. Nice. And and uh, go back to uh, Petty Theft's lineup. Yeah, I think he had just like a pretty standard lineup, didn't he? Yeah, right. he had a one-two. Yeah, four stack for G two, and yeah, four. So a four-two with one off being team position. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. That's. Just were a you solid lineup? Were you heavy on on G two, or were you fading that chalk? No, I think I was around forty percent for most of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, one of my, whoever my like non chalky team was, I think got crushed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was fun though. It was good to get back. I was, I don't know about you. So I actually, uh, I went golfing with a friend of the show, Bobby Gomes. We had him on our, uh, MMA live stream and that there was some kind of delay, I think with the, the rogue warriors match where, there was an internet thing. So I'm like walking down the fairway, like trying to pull up to look at the score in the stream to see what's going on. And then they hadn't started. I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm out golfing. It's like 80 degrees out this beautiful day. And I'm like on my phone. I can't even see because the brightness is too much. And then, you know how they have the scores up in the very top. So I'm like looking super close to figure out the scores. And then I realize I'm like, Oh, this game ended with them getting like nine total kills. I mean, what a, what a, just a, shot to the heart yeah especially when you play lpl a lot yeah and you're used to like a bad team losing and still getting 16 gills yeah you know i know yeah it was it was pretty brutal it was brutal we do it over again yeah we'll get back in the mix i do, <laughs> i gotta circle back i have to read one of the most savage comments we've gotten um brick sub count chart probably looks like the stock market back in march which also coincides with the time this podcast started and his informational videos ended. <laughs> that, that is what we call uh, tough but fair. That's uh, true. Tough <laughs> but fair. That's yeah. exactly what happened. 
this is the biggest Trojan horse ever. All the YouTube people turn into this show to just try to get just the littlest nugget from Brick75 to make them a DFS player, and then they have to deal with me. <laughs> well, we, we're we going to do something today. How about... We are, and um, let's let's transition. Let's talk some golf. Um, did you have any takeaways from last week from a, a GPP perspective? No, not nothing. Nothing special, really. Um, there was, I mean, it's golf. It's it's golf. I, there's nothing really that stood out to me. I've watched so many of these and played so much to you, that you know, guy that Spieth. Spieth losing at the end, you know, whatever, that's no big deal. Uh, Morikawa's a stud. You know, he's part of that group of young studs. Hovland, I had a lot of Hovland. I had a decent amount of Morikawa, too. I was making a run 555 until Sunday, personally, but I don't know. I thought it was just kind of your standard standard golf week. The, here's here's one thing that was different is the, the cut line. Mm. And maybe you could share this link, link, although I'm sure everyone has it, the uh, cut sweats. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, what do you want me to pull up? Just, just cut. Let's see what it is. Cut sweats, uh, com slash PGA. Yeah. Here, I'll, um, I'll share this back and you can, uh, walk me through what to, uh, to go to. Yeah, that, that's, that's fine right there. So, this this tells you uh, this is Nelson's site too, right? Yes. This, the, okay. This went up, I guess the cut line there because when I last look, it was four percent cut line. It literally says it was updated two minutes ago, I think. Oh, I wonder if it, I wonder if that I wonder if he he that's like uh, incorrect data then. Huh. Because I'm not sure. it was no, those look it looks right. Yeah, because Rom Rom not making it, and um, Webb Simpson didn't make it. He's not even on there because he didn't make it by like two or three strokes. So okay. he will on this one. But if you go up to the top one, I I swear it was at the four percent range, but now it's looking like at the eight eight or nine percent range. Hmm. That's not that bad. Eight or nine percent. I would say like average is probably ten or so, and it can get pretty crazy. It can get pretty high. It can get in the twenties or thirties sometimes, and that's and that's six out of six of your golfers making it through the cut on DraftKings. Yeah, and when it was in the four percent range, though, that's pretty low. Yeah, and so um, I thought we could go over some uh, some math to kind of talk about that. Do you want to do that, or you want to like talk about? Yeah, no, let's let's do this. I, I think that's good, and then we can transition to um, maybe building a lineup for RBC Heritage, and we can look at what exposures we have right now. But uh, I think this is interesting. You want me to add your Excel to the stream? Yeah, share that one I just share with you. Let me see if you got it up there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so so I put here. We could just I could just say this is just this is just I made up made this up. This is their expected cut percentage. Okay. Yeah. So um, the average this week is about like forty-eight percent mm. chance to make the cut. And um, you know, since the cut line has changed to sixty-five, like we talked about last week, it's a little bit obviously a little bit harder to make the cut. So, um, and it's tough to get like an actual 
dead on range of an, an average because because um, ties make it through. So it's not like 65 for sure will make the cut. So you can, you know, sum your probabilities and, and make them all dead on accurate because you don't know exactly how many are going to make, make it through the cut. But if you um, if you took like an average team that all had 50, you know, a slightly above average team, all at 50% chance of making a cut down the line, the, this is the odds of the whole team making a six out of six which is just the product of the probabilities. So to figure out any, any, any odds, any probabilities of like two events occurring, you just multiply them together. So 50 times 50 times 50 times 50 times 50 is 1.6% chance. So if you have like a slightly above golfers across the board, you only have a 1.6% chance of making it right. So with, 4% of the lineups making it through like that's not even that insane. Cause it's kind of hard to, to get that many, to get all your golfers in. Um, but usually you're going to have a better than 50% chance. You're going to have, you know, pr probably closer to 60 on, you know, as your average of amongst all your golfers. And you can see the difference here is it's, you know, over double, almost triple the probability when you have, you know, just add that slight percentage. But here's something interesting. If you, if you add a stud, so like a stud for like Rory this week's like 81% chance to make the cut 82, something like that. Um, but most of the studs are around like 75 to 80 and a, you know, a, a dud or whatever at 25% chance. And that's pretty low. That's kind of a garbage golfer that you're probably not going to have in your lineup anyways, but you might. You can see that even though the sum of the probabilities is the same as the average team, your chance of making the cut is less. Right? So that's that's pretty interesting. And then if you go even more um, stud and dud here, you see that you're the, – so like three stud golfers, two dud golfers, you see your probability cuts even in half, more than half from just the average lineup. Mm -hmm. So the – you know, I, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, intuitive thinking that a bunch of average guys or a bunch of solid guys is going to give you a good shot at getting <laughs> at getting six guys through. And I say good shot. It's still only about five percent chance. Yeah. So how do you how do you think about this in and again, because I, I don't I'm not as well versed in, in this stuff for fully understanding. But if you would you rather have six guys squeak in uh, to the cut or have, you know, four of them solid in there at the top with a really good chance to win or let's say even five, but one not make the cut? Like how valuable is that six of six versus realistic upside to win the tournament? Yeah, I would say not much. Like, so this this is valuable in cash games. Mm. And it's probably valuable in your long-term ROI in tournaments as well. Like, you know, if you're getting three points over your opponent, which you're not, you're not going to because they're not going to do they're not going to make this this lesser lineup usually. But if you can get three points, uh, you know, in entering Vacone 19 levels of cash games. You know, over time, that three points is gonna add, you know add up for a ton of fucking money. Um, but like GPPs are more about, and this has nothing to do with salaries too, by right. the way. 
but G, yeah, GPPs have has nothing to do with the. This also has nothing to do with ownership. Yeah. Do you? So, what do so you? Do you like look at sign up a ton of ownership with it? Yeah. I'd rather take this one, even though you would never do that in a cash game. Yeah. Do you do you have like so for you when you when you max enter the milli? Do you look back at your rates for how many of your lineups made uh, six of six, and and what are you generally about? Would you say? No, I don't do, and I, I I use I make my own cut line percentages, and through my process of you know building models and doing everything that I do, I use that information, but I don't like, I don't do it this way. I don't, yeah. I'm not doing this for for a cash game though. I could theoretically, I could I could see it. But the way I do it, I don't think I need it. But right. I could see someone doing that. And I think the question someone would have is if you're using uh, someone else's projections, and if they're good projections, your hope is that this uh, the cut line percentage is going to be baked into that proje- projection, like their odds of making the cut. Could you say that, say that one more time? Like, I didn't quite. So I, I'm just thinking. So if someone's watching this or wondering, like, how is this actionable to me? Yeah. Um, if you're using good projections, are the projections going to have this likelihood of making the cut baked into that projection? They, I mean, they 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 should. Right. I mean, I think you could you could you could still do something with this, in, including with that projection having it baked in. But of course, like if someone's got a hundred percent chance of making the cut. Their a- their average their mean is going to go up, right? Because they're, they're they're getting way more shots over time at at banking a golf tournament. Yeah. But here here's another thing to take away is unfortunately this cut sweats data either updated and I didn't see it went up to eight percent or it's he's just working on it or something and that that information is not right. But it was at four percent late Friday. Mm. Like you don't have to feel that bad <laughs> that your right. six and six didn't go through. Like yeah. even if you take this team, you it's only got a five percent chance. And when you mess with the probabilities on an individual level, kind of tweaking and getting your stud in to like, but if you have to drop, if you have to drop on the back end, you might be lowering your chances. Right. You know, and this could you know if you're hand building one one team, it could certainly it could certainly help. And this this is just this is. This is in lieu of projections. Like yeah. this is just like okay, I'm looking at my these six guys. Like let's say you're handicapping it yourself. Yeah, you could go through it hand by hand and be like, okay, Alex has this guy at forty one percent, and this guy at sixty three percent, right? And you could just start typing in what the golfers have, and um, you know, and then mix and match your. Let's say this guy got Rory on there. Right, mm-hmm. like that's kind of interesting. Rory, Rory pops onto this team, and it's still not as good as this kind of middle of the road team. Yeah, and you could you could do something similar for say MMA too, where you multiply like the knockout percentages or the win percentages to yeah. try to to see you know what are the odds all of my guys get a knockout or all get a finish or whatever, just to show to illustrate um, that none of these are going to be sure things. And a lot of those are going to be, you know, sub 5% once you multiply them all together. Probably the simplest one would be inside distance. Yeah. So MMA inside distance odds, you could definitely do something like this. You'd probably have to be a little more creative, a little, uh, um, a slight problem with that. Although I'd still do it and it'd be fun looking at it is, uh, the markets are a lot smaller on those. Yeah. 
right? So they're not going to be as efficient as, you know, these golf ones, especially if you look at the right sites, like they're getting hit pretty hard. There's pros working these lines. Yeah. So question for you, do you, would you say in PGA that the ownership gravitates toward the safer options, the, the options with the, the best chance to make the cut versus just pure upside? Um, are we talking, so we're talking tournaments. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't really, I don't really use upside in my, my process. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, can you do it in yours? Here's how I would do upside. And I was going to say this on our MMA stream and I, we were all drinking and stuff. And I think (laughs) I forgot is if you it depends how you do it you could do it with standard deviation is is a pretty good way to do it but you can come up with whoever your guys are in any sport doesn't matter who you think are high quote unquote high upside guys but you don't want to bump up their their projection and in an optimizer and it should work this way in any of them all you have to do is make his um his randomness higher his or her randomness higher and they will pop let's say you make run 200 laps they'll pop more yeah like th- this is what i was saying about how randomness randomness doesn't matter i mean randomness doesn't matter from like a game theory perspective like it's, it's right. not doing anything for you people think it is that's what i was getting at on the mma stream is like it doesn't do anything for you game theory wise it's, but it's only optimizer to do what you want it to do right what's that it's like bullying the optimizer to do what you want. If you don't have as much Ian Poulter in it uh, and you want to crank up that randomness, that's how you're going to get more Ian Poulter in your lineups. Yeah. But I like doing it for high upside guys. Yeah. Because it's kind of just picking them a little bit more because it's given that wider uh, distribution of, of point projections, Yeah, which is what you think that that guy does. Um, so, uh, you know, other than that though, I don't, um, and MMA, like I, I've said, that I said this a few times now. I really think MMA is really like a paper rock scissors game theory thing. Mm. Like this fighter loses, so you got to pick this fighter. The people are taking him, so I got to take him. Yeah. And you know, you just hope you don't have one of those fights. Uh, I can't remember the fighter's name. Like last week, where uh, he gets like fifty-five points in a win. In a win. Yeah. Um. Here is <laughs> Pete's trying his hardest to try and meet his weekly Ian Poulter name drop coda. Wait till you see my exposures, buddy. We're going back to the Poulter well. Uh, here's a question from YouTube. Uh, I think it's Blizz, BLZ. For PGA in these bigger fields and softer pricing, how do you handle setting a salary limit like uh, 49, 8, or 50K with an ownership cap like 60 or 80%? team ownership. And I'll just also kind of reframe this question because it's something uh, I've seen my buddy, Matt Jones over at Rotovis start to discuss a little bit more. I mean, there's so many golfers and there's so many ways to build unique lineups that it, it really just seems like you should never be eating too much chalk in PGA because we're just not that good at actually projecting this. And there's so many options. So there's a, all that rolled into one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like I think when people say that we're not good at projecting a sport is 
Like I get what they're saying, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I kind of think that most sports are about the same projection ability. It's just that there there's more variance inherent in the sport. So like, it doesn't mean that you can't project it for a profit over uh, your opponents. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and that, that's just kind of like a, a side point. Um, what was the other part of that? So, it, sorry, going back to BLZ's question, he was wondering, um, okay, I think I, he's about trying to get unique either via leaving salary on the table or capping uh, a max amount of ownership in a lineup. Yeah. Okay. So with the cap, I probably wouldn't cap. Um, if you did cap it 49, uh, 49, eight or 49.7, I don't, I think that's fine. But like what I would do is if I was just like using an optimizer and that's it is I would do it. I wouldn't cap. And then I would sort by salary and ownership and then just click off those top 50 K lineups. Like they're probably going to be duped. Yeah. Um, and it depends on, you know, and it's also, we, we don't know what projections they're using and stuff like that. So you might not, you might not be duping as much as you think. Um, and he says 80, 60% or 80% team ownership cap. I'm assuming he's just making like kind of arbitrary numbers because I'm not even getting 80% total for my optimal. Yeah. Of ownership the last two weeks. I think the one I saw was like, uh, 87 so in the was one i had seen and then like 77 was the second optimal okay okay and so well look i mean what we built that millimaker maker lineup last week we're gonna do another one this week yeah we did 40 percent max ownership right yeah i don't think i mean i don't think that's insane 45 50 yeah, I'm down. The ones I was running, I think mine uh, for my optimal stuff was uh, around 60%. Um, but I didn't have a huge spread, like even down. I had like a 20% spread across 150 lineups. And my lowest one was like 54% ownership. So I was pretty like tightly packed in there. So and, and another thing at BLZ here, like look, we've been playing a lot of sports, MMA, League of Legends, NASCAR. <laughs> That are super dupey. Yeah. There's tons of dupes in those sports. So I think people are kind of a little gun shy right now. That's not going to happen as much in in PGA. But that doesn't mean ownership doesn't matter. So you still you you still wanna you still wanna mess with ownership in some way. Mm-hmm. Some way that works for you. Because you're gonna be competing against less lamps. And there's this is the game theory behind winning GPPs. You know, if you could just go find the best ownership projections and print money every week, you know, everyone would do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this week the ownerships don't seem very high. Um, usually in golf, there's somebody around 30% owned. And sometimes in, in the lesser, the sport, the, the, the tournaments where there isn't a ton of popular golfers, you can get like 40 or even 50 I've seen yeah. for the highest own. Um, so it's pretty spread out. I think it it generally would have been at least this year it would be Rory, but he he burned so many people on Sunday that it's keeping his ownership down. Yeah, well, he was low last week. He was sixteen point seven percent. That's true. That's pretty surprising for me. I I am like five clicks higher than that. So, um, he's pretty. He was pretty low. Uh, Web was uh was Web was even a little bit lower than I think everyone thought. He got like twenty five percent. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think like the duping 
since NASCAR, you know, MMA and LOL have been the game everyone's been playing the last three months, I think people are way more aware of dupes now. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of what's lowered it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's not too hard, uh, especially like I've just been playing a lot of the 20 max stuff and I, I mean, hardly any of my lineups were duped um, at all. Like just going through, like you said, and lopping off uh, some of the higher percentage ones and that were 50K salary, um, it, it's, it's really hard uh, to have a lot of dupes in golf, I think, unless you're just really jamming shock. Yeah. It's kind of surprising, honestly. It feels like there should be some dupes, but yeah. Um, golf's a good golf's a good DFS game. Golf's a pretty is. pretty good DFS game. All right, let's um let's make a lineup. Uh, Brian and I have established a new thing where each week uh, we will build a, a lulls lineup that we will each share fifty percent equity in. Last week we uh, ping ponged back and forth the picks. This week I thought we could build it together um, more, um, collaboratively from the top down just to get the type of build we want. And I don't know, do we want to set an arbitrary, um, ownership threshold or should that just use that like a guiding light? Mm, I would like to keep it under something. Yeah. Where is that line for you right now? Uh, I, I think, is it in like the mid fifties for you? like under that or do you want to get more probably aggressive probably around 50 um and well, i have yeah i was just gonna say i do have to reframe because i haven't been playing the millie i mean we can pull up the contest here all the money's at the top so i think i need to be probably get in a mindset that's a little more unique aggressive okay um well, do you want well, to try we, like 45 or something yeah let's let's try yeah let's try like 45 and just be flexible with it yeah yeah Okay. Um, maybe as just a starting point, we could talk about, I'll tell you my, my, some of my top golfers, uh, and I have no problem giving my exposures right now. I have Patrick Reed as my highest. My second one is my weekly curveball. Last week it was Poulter this week. My second highest own guy as of right now, I have the right to change this is Jason Kokrak at 24%. Um, then I have Rory, then Xander, and then Gary Woodland. That's my top five right now. Okay. Um, well, let me check and see. Uh, I mean, I'm going to redo redo mine, but I did do some for the show. Yeah. And I was also liking Patrick Reed and um, uh, Webb Simpson, John mm -hmm. Rahm. Yeah. Kuchar. Okay. Yep. I have John Rahm in my top eight. And uh, also for Eli reasons in the chat, Ian Poulter, my seventh highest owned guy at 21%. You got any love for Poulter again this I week? 18 in this run. Okay, there we go. Welcome. Welcome to the good side. Uh, some of the cheaper, if you want to call them cheaper, uh, JT Poston and Joel Damon. Yeah. I have a decent amount of them. And Rory Sabatini. Me too. I feel like he's going to screw me. Dude, uh, he, he's in my he top can, 10. I got 20% of him. He could strike it. He can get hot. Uh, he's probably not going to win it for you, but he could be in a, in a lineup. You know, th there's just a lot of stud, like two year, three years ago, studs who are priced really cheap. Jason Day, Sergio Garcia, um, Snedeker is pretty cheap. Um, these other guys in the 8,000s, Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland, Ricky Fowler. Yeah. These guys are all have all been over 10,000. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I think it was, uh, was it Nolan, uh, over at Osmo that did a tweet just showing like all the studs you could jam in. And whereas if that, you know, tournament was a, a year ago, you know, the salary would have been at like 60,000 to get those golfers in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's the young guys who've, who've replaced them. So you got Morikawa, uh, Daniel Berger hit, he had an injury, I think like a year and a half ago or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And so it looks like he's finally he won last week. It looks like he's finally healthy. Yeah, um, he's not super young like these other guys, but the other young guys, Victor Hovland, I mentioned him last week. Him and Morikawa are studs, and then some of the Asian players, Byung Hung Yan and, and um, uh, uh, Sung J M. Yeah, um, I mean anyone who watches golf, these names aren't going to be surprising to them. But there's a lot of good young uh, golfers. Luke List is playing this week. He's a bomber. Speaking of bombers, where are you at on uh, Beefy DeChambeau? I only I have very little of him this week. I have fourteen percent right now. Okay, that's more than me. So okay, here's some matchup odds news. Okay. Um, some of the some of the odds that are flipped from head to head matches to what you'll see on just you know, whatever, Bovada or whatever generic, um, winner, winner odds. Yeah. Right. First place odds or even top, you know, T5, T10, whatever. So what I've noticed who's flipped is Corey Connors over Bubba Watson. Hmm. Corey Connors is favored there. And I think in most, uh, winners, he's, he's not Matt Fitzpatrick over Kisner is another one where Kisner's kind of favored in odds on some of these. Just, just so people, if they're not familiar, Brian, uh, when they hear you say this, um, is the implication that the smart money is coming in on someone uh, in, that's moving their odds and would therefore maybe for you move their projection? I don't. I, I think all odds are moved by smart money, but mm-hmm. the implication here is that um, uh, the head-to-head odds are two-way lines. So they're sharper. Mm -hmm. And so when you have just a one way line, so you can only bet the winner. So like, let's say for example, you know, just explain this. Some people probably don't know this stuff. If Rory, you have Rory McIlroy plus 200 to win the tournament, whatever, plus 900 to win the tournament. There's no minus 900 to not win the tournament coming back. So the book doesn't have to take action on the other side which I think is actually illegal in a few states or like a few countries that you have to do two-way lines. Um, so they could bake in a ton of juice into these winter handles and uh, and they don't have to take action on the other side. It doesn't mean there's no value. There still is tons of value there and there's people hitting them and then sharpening them up along the way. Yeah. So it still has value, but if it doesn't have the other side coming back, it's not as much. So when you look at the head to head head-to-head, uh, odds, it can give you some indication on where those ones, like the, 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 the small minutia there that, you know, of like, okay, this guy should be higher than this guy. This guy should be higher than this guy could kind of, yeah. can kind of utilize that. Well, and also to kind of hammer home that point, it's like if you win for a while there, you'd see Tiger Woods odds would always be juiced up 
um, kind of disproportionate relative to his maybe inherent value or projection, just because he was the popular guy that everyone wanted to bet as an outright. But your point is saying, if that was a two-way line and you were able to short Tiger Woods, that that price would become much more efficient because there'd be money coming in to balance that out that didn't agree with the inflated price. Yeah, for sure. And think about it from a bookmaker's perspective. Like if you have to make 150 bets, like that's hard and you have to control it and manage it and make sure that you're not getting screwed. Now, the other way, now you're looking at 300 bets, right? And this is why like smaller markets are easier to beat in sports betting, like college sports. Mm -hmm. There's so many games. The bookmaker can't make all the lines perfect. Yeah. So it just doubles the amount of lines he's got to track. And, and yeah, for sure it's going to, they're going to, um, they're going to be way sharper on a two way line. Okay. Sorry. We went on that tangent. So then back to these lines you're looking at who now is more interesting to you than they were maybe a few hours ago based on this movement. So Billy Horschel. Yeah. I'll just name, I'll just name some without going down the, the whole yeah. list. Um, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson. So they yep. got Dustin Johnson, forty cents, about forty cents favored over Kepka. Okay. Um, what was another one that stuck out here? Um, Billy Horschel. I just said Billy. Yeah, Horschel. you said Horschel. Yep. Abraham answers kind of uh, getting up there. This head-to-head has Morikawa slightly favored over Xander, which should probably surprise a few people. Yeah. Um. This wasn't one I was thinking, but you'll love it either way. They got Ian Poulter, big heavy favorite over Sergio. That's right, Sergio. You got nothing. Kutcher, Kutcher slight favorite over Berger. Okay. And there was oh this okay so this is this is why I'm getting more John Rom. John Rom uh, favored over over uh, Xander mm-hmm. by fifty one cents, and Bryson by twenty five. Okay. All right. So, so I oh, would look to stick Rom in there as our first pick. I like it. I like it. Um, what uh, what ownership do you have Rom at right now? Let me look. Uh, fifteen. Okay. Yep. That, I, so it takes a pretty penny of our. Yeah, that uh, that's going to uh, that's going to force us down some interesting ones. How about it? Did seem like we were both higher than market on. Sabatini, what do you think about him as a as a guy to get us some lower ownership and some salary relief? Yeah, let me check his ownership really quick. Seven um, percent. I am kind of high. Okay, He's the highest down there. I mean, I like him. Do you want to just stick him in and we'll figure it out later? Yeah, we could we could swap him out if the ownership becomes um, an issue. Okay. Um, so who'd you have on your your list of uh, so my top? My, I'll, I'll list my top 10 again here. Uh, Reed, Kokrak, Rory, Xander, Woodland, Dustin Johnson, Poulter, Rom, Sabatini, and then uh, Oosthuizen. I and feel then, like we have to go back to the Poulter well. God, I love it. That's we'll music to my let's, let's check his ownership really quick. At uh, like eight or nine, I think. Uh, I got it like 10. Okay. Um, Maybe too much. Well, let's – we might go over 45. Let's Let's just – we can, we can see. We'll see. Um, we who, can just take, take some, a guy who's like low to make the cut, just even though I just did a whole spreadsheet. <laughs> <and fuck it. laughs> 
Are there um, are there uh, any other guys that you um, who are some of your your top guys? Is there anyone else in say that like eight or nine k range? Poston, Damon. Um, oh, you, you're talking salary. I thought um, I thought you said like nine percent. Oh, sorry. I was meaning like in that eight to nine k. Since uh, we I now. Mean, I- the 8K guys, I like. I have a ton of them I like. I don't know how we'll be able to figure. I like Cockrack uh, too. Okay. All right. Let's do it. He's 9%, like 8, 9% projected. Was in the um the winning Millie Maker lineup last week. Had a really nice showing. Um, that This gives us a lot um, to work with. We have 8,400. So you said there were lots of guys in the eights, and so yeah. we could – definitely play the ownership game there um to get a couple of them that are sub five percent they're all they're all like ten percent so what do we have right now from your projections of low owned around there in the anyone except like answer even though he's i mean they're all like in the 10 10 to 15 percent range hang on let me sort some billy billy ho Yeah. So, I mean, like down in the, in the sub 10, like Fowler, um, answer Fitzpatrick Horschel. You mentioned Horschel. I mean, he's 7,700. Yeah. Let's throw Billy Ho in there. And then we'll, then we're going to have like a nine K guy left. Yeah. That leaves us with 9,100. What's our total ownership at right now? We're going to be way over it, but Webb does fit in there nicely. Um, let's see, let's add this up guys. Let's chat. What do you think of this lineup so far? Probably this think looks it's like cool. a stud lineup to me. Yeah. I didn't even actually, I should have checked. Uh, I should have checked if we were duped last week, if anyone else, uh, from Lowell's put our lineup in, I forgot to check. <laughs> I didn't look. I'm gonna while you're like 47% so far. 47. So we're gonna if we went web, we would blow by it. We would Uh, blow by it. Um but but honest question. Yeah. If if we did go web, so that would put us roughly 67%, I think. Do you think this lineup would be duped? Um because really that's all it comes down to, right? I would say in the millimaker. Let me see. I can actually four to me, four guys under eight K that has to be pretty unique, right? Or maybe not to me. It just seems like most people wouldn't want to go dumpster diving for that many guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there, it's probably like 1.5 projected dupes or something, maybe 1.75. Yeah. Um, Just based on the projected ownership. Yeah, just based on the projected ownership. Let me let me see if okay. I, I have something here that I can um okay. Well it depends on who we pick next. So you want to pick Webb and then add it up from there? Yeah. Or so what do you do you have anyone else that um we, we did talk about liking Reed and you get an ownership discount on Reed by about probably five percentage points of ownership going from web to read. I don't know if you have a lean there. Um, I like, let's take a look here. I think I, I like, I like web. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, and and he's and he's favored by 25, 26 cents over Reed. Okay. All right. So go go Webb here. Get and him what's in. What's his projected ownership? Oh, he's like twenty percent owned though, right? Right. That's what I was saying. Like, I think I had read more in like the 15% range and web, it looks like is going to be the highest owned. But if we're leaving a hundred dollars on the table and we have four guys under eight K and we don't think this is going to be duped, then there's no problem. Okay. Yeah. Here, I'm going to do a little math here and I'll tell you exactly what I, what I think about uh, the chances of getting duped Okay. Um, in a million okay. maker. All right, we got Eli in the chat saying not enough Brooks. In my unbiased opinion, I know we uh, last week we were we were pushing Brooks. How much money does Eli want to lose? It doesn't seems like someone should take the uh, yeah. mouse out of his hand or phone, however he makes his lineups. I know we uh, you know we're turning a new leaf here, guys. We're you know we're in you know this is the era of revert C top and brick seventy five. I mean RBX eighty eight. I mean that's history. Vacone nineteen. These guys are in our rear view mirror. Okay. We're ushering in a new era. What's the total salary? 49. Yep. We are at 49.9. Speaking of updating numbers, I mean, I can't tell if this, I don't know if YouTube uh, refreshes it, but if you guys haven't subscribed, I mean, I thought we were going to get Brian to to a thousand. I mean, if anything, Brian shouldn't give you this right now. <laughs> they, they, I'm sure they really care about our lineup being duped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is this is how the sausage gets made here. I guess I could show. Nah, I won't. Um, it's okay. I'm I'm good at vamping. Let's see here. We got yeah. Wes uh, was in the chat earlier saying that Rory's going to push 20% this evening. I agree. I think. Um, I think he'll definitely uh, be right there. I had him right now, like around nineteen percent, but I think uh, I think we'll see that that tipping point. I agree. Um, yeah, let us. Uh, I think I I think I'd have to like redo this whole thing to, to put it in. I, I can't do it right now. It's okay. It's okay. I, I I'm I'm good with this. We can um we can discuss if we make a swap. Um. But, yeah. But either way, 67 is too high, right? Or do you want to just do it later? Who Who is the highest owned of these punt plays? Um, Probably. Is it Sabatini or Pol? I can't imagine it's Kokrak. No, Sabatini's low. Uh, Kokrak's a DFS darling. Polter is higher than those two. And then who's the other guy? Horschel. Horschel. Polt, our boy Polter, I have him the highest. All right, let's let's make it let's make a tough decision. I mean, I feel like we either go from Webb to Reed, or we swap out Polter for someone else in the seventy-seven range. Why don't we do both? <laughs> okay, Webb to Reed, and then uh, somebody else. So then that gives us seventy-nine hundred to work with. And then whatever that adds up to ownership wise. Okay. Go go down to the seventy nine hundred guys. Yeah, let's see here. Our boy Lowry failed us last week, huh? Oh, is, Sheff- is Scheffler out? He's out, yeah. Okay. I missed that. I gotta make sure he's not in any of my lineups. Okay, Lowry's the lowest owned there, from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Louis Ustizen, if you want to ruin your entire weekend when he withdraws 
Thursday at 8.05. What's it? Lowry was uh, the draft cheat mush last week, right? I didn't see. I didn't see his PGA picks. I think I think Lowry was one of his guys that he that he burned people. The only other guy that um, what's a what was a Oost Oosthuizen's seven uh, percent so or six percent. He's low enough. Yeah, um, I like him, but I, I don't mind Lowry either. Who do you want to go with to wrap this up? Either one. I I don't care. Let's go, Louis. Okay. We'll leave 200 on the table. We got uh, a quad of four sub eight guys, Patrick Reed, John Rom. I think this thing's going to be pretty unique. Um, I say we fire it off. All right. Oh. Wes Bruden says we should have went with Benny on there. That's true. We could have. That would definitely – we've been low salary, low owned. Um. All right, guys. I think that is going to wrap it up. Um, thank you guys for, for chat, uh, chatting with us in the, the YouTube and Periscope comments. Um, we've mentioned this before. We have um, This is up on iTunes and your podcast choice. We'll get that up uh, soon as well, this episode. So if you guys prefer to consume it on the go, you can always do so there. Um, yeah, and feel free to, if you drop us questions during the week, um, we can get to them on the show as well. I know Brian's been getting some stuff in a Discord um, that we're always happy to answer. Brian, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom? If, uh, it's tough to get six out of six, so don't uh, beat yourself up over it. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm kind of like a five out of six guy. You know, we got to have realistic yeah. expectations. Maybe a chance to min cash. A little min cash, a little five of six. We call that living the dream, Brian. Um, all right, guys. For Brick 75, for RBX 88, for Vacone 19, for getting six of six golfers through this weekend, I'm Peter Overzet, and this has been Lowell's. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.